Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Lifelisten Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, well, um, in today's episode, we have a treat. I have a really interesting interview with Lisa Leonard. Lisa is um, an incredible jewelry designer. I have been a fan of her jewelry for over a decade. She is just this really creative, artistic woman who also has two children, balances a lot, but we had the most interesting discussion about balance and self-care. I really, really appreciated her insights. She is, you know, in addition to being a really creative person, she is a smart mama, really smart. I'm really excited to hear this. Unfortunately, I wasn't there for the interview and I'm I can't, I can't wait for you so to hear it. So looking forward to it. I well, really, I, really like, love her basically took notes and now have a, a to, to-do list of ways that I'm going to um, make my life better. Well, so okay, get started. Be ready for that. Let's get cracking on that. <laughs> uh, before we hop into that interview, Sarah, how is your self-care going this week? Well, um, Kristen, guess what I did last night? Um, let me guess. More concerts. I did. Because you're 20. <laughs> I went to a concert last night, but listen to this. I am so impressed with my rallying. So (laughs) I did not know I was going to this concert, Kristen. And you know, I'm a planner. I like to have everything planned. I was just going about my day. I was making dinner at 6 p.m. last night. And a friend of mine, who's the manager of a great music venue close by, uh, sent me a message and was like, I don't know if you know, but Alan Stone, who is this guy I love, is, is playing tonight. Like he's going on in a couple of hours. And I had no idea. I had not seen it. He's like, if you want to come, I'll, you know, leave you a couple tickets, the front. Wow. And you can't pass that up. I did it, but I was in my, I was in like my sweats. I mean, I was ready to like eat dinner and go to wow. bed. Wow. That's impressive. That is super impressive. Hello, 43 put some makeup on, threw on some clothes. I threw on my concert jeans. You know my concert jeans. My, mm-hmm. And your concert there. kicks. Got it all. Had it all concert kicks. Concert. I took You Dustin. have a concert uniform. You go to I concerts did. so much that you have like your uniform. I totally have a uniform. I go to concerts so little that I have a concert outfit crisis every time I go. Do you? Well, because I haven't been to a concert in a year. So This is so surprising to me because you like music. I mean, you're a musical you know, person. I know it's really I, just Broadway. You really just want to hear theater. But I know. No, I really do like music. I don't love, I don't like standing, number one. Yeah. So if I don't have a seat, I don't like crowds either. Right. Or parking or walking in. <laughs> like, I hate all that. <laughs> I do too. I hate that. I mean, I saw Beyonce like a couple years ago at the Rose Bowl and literally the entire walk to the car, I was like, never do this again. Just <laughs> never do this again. <laughs> and then you're sitting in your car. I mean, a small venue. I, I would do small venues. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not yeah. going to like mega arenas seeing no, like I can't super do pop. The place that's really close to me, it's a three minute Uber 
and they pull oh, up right yeah. to the front and I just walk yeah. right in and watch it and walk right out. And I even took Dustin yeah. with me and he was sick. He was sick and he even went and he loved it. Wow. But that's not even what I wanted to talk about. I had to tell okay. you about this breath work class that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about the concerts. Let's talk about breath work. Let's get back breath work. to self-care. Breath work. Let's get back to the self-care. This is serious. Are you, I mean, I need you to focus. I'm focused and serious. Focused and serious. This is not a joke. Okay. So I went, I have some friends that live here that they're in the restaurant business. They spend a lot of time in LA, kind of back and forth. It's a couple. I love them. They're amazing. I will point out, not woo-woo, not woo-woo in any way, this couple. Okay. Okay. Like just pretty, they're just business owners, very successful, awesome people. So I get this invitation that they're bringing this man from LA to Oklahoma City to conduct this breathwork session. So his name is John Paul Crimi, okay? And they were doing it, I think, as a corporate um, class for all of their restaurants um, to come in, but they wanted to invite a couple of their friends too. So I was invited and I went to this class and it like, Totally blew my mind. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it's weird. I so, almost. So, okay, what? I don't even. Oh, you need God. to. Let's it's back so, up and explain what a breathwork class even okay, is. Okay, okay. Well, breathwork. Um, it. All you're doing is breathing, but you're active. You're, you're doing like this breathing pattern that's very active so you don't stop. So there's like, uh-huh. there's really nothing woo-woo about this. I mean, it's it, just. Except for the fact that someone's teaching you how to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, other it's than not that, that woo woo. Other, other than, that, than the that fact woo-woo. that someone's teaching me to do an involuntary right. thing that I've been capable of doing since the moment Why I emerged from my mother's womb. Why are you such a mocker? Womb. Like you just you're a, you're just a mocking individual. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you breathe through your nose. That's how you should breathe through your nose, in through your nose, out through your mouth. This is actually breathing in and out with your mouth, and you have to like basically. I, I don't want to go into the whole long thing, but you take two, you take a full deep breath into your belly and then you top it off with one more and then you exhale. And the minute you exhale, you do it again. Okay. You do this for 26 minutes. All of these things, you know, I've done everything. I've done Kundalini. I've done all sorts of yogic breathing, all this stuff. Like it, yeah, it maybe makes me feel blissed out or whatever, but like you, I have never had actual like major physical changes while it's happening. And he told us beforehand, he's like, you're probably going to get a little tingly in areas and maybe a little numb because you're like, there's so much Mm -hmm. oxygen going in your body. And I was like, of course me, I'm already, I was already anxious. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I was laying there on the thing going, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know me. I'm immediately like, I'm going to die. I'm the one person that does breath work and dies. Totally. Because that's me. Anyway, so I start doing it. And first of all, it's a lot harder than you think. Like you, you want to stop. You're just like, Oh my God, not more, not more breaths. And then all of a sudden my hands went completely numb. I felt like there were like ants crawling all over my arms. And then he's talking you through it. It's in this kind of inspirational way, but not cheesy. Anyway, 
point being, like, I almost had a panic attack in the middle because I thought, oh, my hands are now numb. I'll have to live my life, the rest of my life with my hands. I can't feel them. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, why can't right. I just be a normal human and be like, Sarah, just keep breathing. But no, I'm right. like, I probably should go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But something did happen. Something clicked halfway. And I'm like, no, you know what? You're going to be fine. So the point of this is, you know how meditation so super hard because you just find yourself yes. going off. I only kind of like wandered off in my mind one time. And that was when I thought I might die, but I I reined it in. But you're so focused on actively breathing that you really do zone out. Like you cannot think of anything else. You're just like, take the breath. Yeah, that makes sense to me actually. You know, it's very practical. And I think it would be super awesome for anyone who cannot meditate. And then after you're done, you go into this stage where you're just going back to normal breathing, like through your nose. And then weird shit happens. Like I had... I was sobbing. So apparently like after you do that, you like work your body up and then you just release. And it's Mm. very normal for people to have like really big releases of like pent up, shoved down in your belly forever. And I had one and I was, I was almost mortified because I had friends in this class. It wasn't like I was with a bunch of strangers and you have masks on and I was just, I could not stop uncontrollably sobbing for 10 minutes. And in fact, when he, when the class was over, I thought to myself, I could probably cry for, I don't know, 20 more minutes. So it just, and I left there just feeling light as a feather. Of course, I looked like I'd been beaten because I had mascara like running all down my face and it was all red and swollen. But um, I don't know how it works, but it did. And I know you too, Kristen, you're just like me in that you're kind of the master of repressed emotions, Mm. you know, stuff them down. Mm. Everything's fine. I don't know. It's all fine. I don't it's all do fine. That. It's all fine. It's all fine. I mean, my therapist jokes. She goes, "I can't believe like you pay me, but you won't even like you won't even break down in front of me." <laughs> even my therapist. I'm like, "No, actually, it's all good. Everything's great. How are you doing?" Yeah, I'm fine. I end up like asking my therapist how she's doing. It's just ridiculous. So whatever I did in this breathwork class, it like came up and out. Like I was just. I don't know what it was, but it was amazing when I walked out of there. That's pretty cool. Okay, so how long is the class? Is it a full hour? No, you do the actual breathing for 26 minutes, and then I think you have like 10 minutes okay. of that rest period. So I think it's like 45 minutes all together. That's doable. <clears throat> so I'm um, seriously considering getting certified. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Also, of course, you couldn't just go to a breathwork class from, like, a practitioner in your city. It had to be the guy flown in from L.A. He's the only one that does it. (laughs) I mean, I just was... Until you get certified. I just accepted an invitation. But I really think it's just... It's different in that it's not like, oh, God, woo-woo. I mean, he is very practical. He was a personal trainer before. He's, you know, it's just, I think it's so accessible to people that really aren't into yoga, meditation. Totally. But it kind of does the same. It kind of feels like therapy. I felt like I had gone to 16 therapy sessions when I left there. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I totally believe that. I mean, you're, it's, um, at the end of the day, it's mindfulness. Exactly. I'm yeah, going to teach you. I think I would like that. Well, maybe our podcast, since you're becoming certified, could just be a breathwork podcast now. Let's just call it breathwork. <laughs> that, that's going to be our new intro. It's just going to be like, da-da-da-da, breathwork. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, so that went like a lot longer than I thought, but I just had to tell you about the breathwork. That's it amazing. So interesting. No, I love it. I love tell it. me what's going it. on with you. 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm still pretty much in the same place as I was last week of, um, you know, crippling anxiety disorder. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Great. Great. But the good news is that I made a donut bar and that's really what I'm here to talk about. What is a, what? I know it really has nothing to do with my own self-care. I'm just very excited about the donut bar. Did I see um, this? Did I see a photo of the donut bar? I, I think did put I it on. Did. Yeah, I put it on an Instagram. I'm going to put it into our Facebook group, and I will put it on the selfie Instagram account, which, side note, if you are not following us yet on Instagram, please do. We have been ramping up what we're doing there, including linking to the things we talk about in every show. So we're selfie podcast on Instagram, and I will post the donut bar on there. Nice. But, you know, I had two birthday parties in a row last week, my twins, so to speak, and my daughter wanted a donut bar, and I have all this leftover lumber at my house from the construction, and I was like, we'll make a donut bar. So we, like, took this big piece of plywood, which is not expensive if you bought it at the store, and then I bought these little dowel rods, and we drilled holes and cut the dowel rods down and then just, like, hammered the dowel, road, dowel rods into the holes so it became, like, this thing you could hang donuts on. Who are you? Well, you know, I so I have my moments like this. Like <laughs> I'm too. like a massive slacker and then I'll be like, we're going to, you know. We're going to build a donut bar is what we're going to do, kids, right yeah, now. We're gonna, our Valentines are going to be personalized photo strips and then I'm not going to do anything holiday related for a year. So I don't know. I like, I wake up and I'm like, we're going to do a big thing and then I become lazy again. But it actually was super, super simple um, and then I bought on Amazon, which I will also link up to in the Facebook group. Um, they just had randomly a string of gold letters that said donut bar. What? So I taped that to the top and painted the whole thing blue and put donuts on it. And it looked so fancy. Um, that's like super fancy. It looked super fancy. And the kids freaked out about it at both parties. Like yeah, freaked they did. out. They were just like, oh my gosh. So really cheap. I mean, seriously, probably if I had bought the wood, probably would have cost under 20 bucks to make very easy. Um, and a lot of bang for your, for your buck, a lot, a lot of pizzazz. It had a wow factor. That's kind of amazing. So you just bought all different kinds of donuts. Well, Sarah, no, I bought, you know, there's a grid. So I bought four kinds of five donuts so that it would be, you know, it was like a perfect grid. Yeah, you got to have like matching donuts on a row. Like you can't just loosey goosey the donuts. Well, of course not. I mean, right. what the hell? No. Yeah. You we are... had a row of sprinkles, then we had a row of glaze, then we had a row of sprinkles in a different color, then we had a row of Yeah, it was it was very strategic. You're totally Martha Stewart. Yeah, basically. Wait, what occasionally. Have, whatever happened to Martha Stewart? I haven't heard much about her lately. You know, what's weird about Martha Stewart, Sarah? I'm glad you brought this up because I've been wanting to talk about it. She does have her own Instagram account, and she's terrible at it. She is? She's terrible. Her photos are horrible. What? It's like she has an iPhone 4, and she's taking (gasps) food photos in the dark. Now, this was was like a year ago. I don't know. She might have upped her game. Um, An assistant might have stepped in. Someone might have taken her phone away from her. Maybe she upgraded to a 10. But, in fact, I'm I'm looking it up right now. I am too. I'm looking it up on my phone. But last I looked, it was like, what is happening right now? Um, And she was really, really, and it really was her. Well, does she have like a personal account and a business account? No, this was her personal account. Oh, the magazine account is amazing. Oh, no, I see it. Her Martha Stewart 48. 
It's insane. Well, they're just, um, yeah, there's like a picture of a wine bottle and it's like so dark you can barely, <gasps> Martha. See? Did I recently hear this? I could have dreamt this, but I swear I heard on the radio that I think she has like a meal delivery service. Like she's doing a meal planning service, but it's like her name oh. stamped on it. Did, I'm making this up. I'm maybe I'm possibly making this up. I'm have to I don't know, but I, I feel like I'm in. Well, I know. I mean, wouldn't that be yummy? Yeah. I, that I, would be really I like good. Martha. Yeah. Maybe we should be happy that her Instagram looks kind of like this because it's like, hey. Okay. I'm but looking like, at it. Okay. I'm looking at it now. And she has, she's made some improvements, oh, but good. it's still weird. Listen, it's still on the level of like, my mom could maybe do this. Okay. It's not Martha really Stewart level. Well, look what I just found out. Which makes you wonder. How much of Martha Stewart was truly Martha Stewart level, or she just had a really good team around her? Well, yeah. I think both. And maybe she was, like, super good at first, and then... Yeah. I mean, that, she went to that prison, man. That, that can really mess people up. This is true. Oh, speaking of which, this has... You know what? I'm going I'm I'm to wait, and I'm going to give it as a thumbs up. Thumbs well, it's up. time for thumbs up, so give them to me. Okay. My first th- thumbs up is a show on Hulu called 60 Days In. Have you seen this one? I think my sister told me about the show. About Did prisoners? She? Yes. Yes. Dude. So is, oh, it, is it so good? My gosh. It's so good. I mean, so it is, it, I think it's maybe eight billions. Um, who, and it was an A&E show originally. I'm watching it on Hulu but you can watch on an A&E. So they take eight civilians, they train them, and then they go into prison and everything is recorded. And if you've ever had some doubts about the prison system in our country, this is just going to send it down the toilet. Okay, it's a I want to watch mess. this. It is so bad. I want to watch so this. So our prison system is so bad and it is so much drama. It's, I mean, it's a fascinating sort of social, yeah. you know, look. Um, but also just this this real peek behind the curtain of the prison system. Well, do you know that Oklahoma has the highest incarceration rate in the world? I did not know that. In the That's world. That's a surprise to me. Why? Oh, uh, our prison system is in, it's, it's horrible. It is, I mean, it's horrible everywhere, but it's, it's like crazy, level crazy here. So is, many people. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Like, criminal- Are your prisons privatized? Yes. And like criminal justice reform is just like a huge issue here right now. Yeah. So I want to watch it. I definitely want to watch it. It's really fascinating. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. So 60 days in, that is my first thumbs up. Okay. Uh, My second thumbs up is, so as you know, because I've been trying to get you to come with us, um, the kids and I are going to Tokyo for Christmas. I'm so jealous. I know, which I wish you could come with us. I know. Um, And, you know, the result is that we are, I mean... I don't know. I'm an Enneagram three. I get as excited about the planning as I do the actual trip. So totally. it has just been all things Japan around here 24 seven. I mean, to the point where my kids are like, can we stop eating Japanese food? Like <laughs> we go to Japanese food every meal. <laughs> they know the difference between an udon and a soba and a ramen noodle on site. Nice. So, you know, I've just been gung ho on introducing us to Japanese culture. So anyway, I found these boxes on Amazon where you can order snacks from around the world. No way. Isn't that cool? Yes. Because I feel like I've, I've watched these videos on YouTube where they show people eating snacks from around the world. 
Yeah. And I'm always like, that's so fun. And that's so cool. Like just to like see what, you know, people in Norway consider a snack. So they have them on Amazon. Um, there's two different brands that I have. I just ordered um, one of them. There's Nom Nom Box. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called Worldwide Treats. Um, and you can choose the country and you can choose the size of the box and you can just go to town with your kids or just maybe by yourself up to you. <laughs> totally. Um, with these snacks from different countries. So you just Super pick fun. the country and they yeah. kind of surprise you with the snacks. Yes. Now, this is amazing to me, yes, because you know my son is just obsessed with Japan. Anything Japanese, he is, which, by the way, I told him that was a huge mistake telling him. Oh, you told him we were going? Yeah, that I was trying to figure out a way for us to go, and then it didn't happen, and he's like, you're the worst mom ever. You can't do that, Sarah. I don't even know what I because I was so excited at the prospect of it, and then it kind of all fell apart, and now he thinks I'm the worst, but... Um, I'm yeah. so excited for your trip, by the way. I'm so excited. I mean, Tokyo is right up there on my list of places I want to go to. And I just want to get there. And it might be like I just go with my son because I don't know how interested the rest of my family is. But Well, oh, you know what's so funny is it was not on my list. We're no? going because my nephew is doing a show there. Right. And I was like, eh, okay. But the more I study and learn about it, the more I'm super excited about Tokyo. And now I'm super sad because I want to see other parts of Japan. Yeah. Now I'm like obsessed with Japan. Well, maybe you're just going to have to, now you can get like your little taste. Yes. And then we can like go again. And no, do I like can't, more... no, because I spent all of the money Did and you? I'll never be able to vacation now. This is Tokyo's the last it hurrah. It was not cheap. No, I, oh, I know that. I looked into tickets. I was like, yeah. oh, yay. Okay, never mind. And, and I use just, some miles, and it's still did. not cheap. Well, Tokyo hotels are more expensive than New York City. Yeah. Well, I and think Tokyo so in general is one of the most yes. expensive cities in the world. Because it's so crowded. Oh, and then the other thing my kids are mad at me about is they're mad that we're not staying in a capsule hotel. Oh, they want to stay in a capsule hotel. They're dying to stay in a capsule hotel, yeah. which I'm like, okay, first of all, then where would we go in the morning? Right. Like, we're just all in our own capsules. And they don't allow children in those. Oh, they don't? So. Oh, I didn't know no. that. That just seems I wouldn't. awfully... I, I don't think I'd like the capsule. Yeah. It doesn't. No. Mm-mm. But we've watched so many YouTube videos on capsule hotels. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a cottage industry. <laughs> if you're looking to grow your YouTube channel, go stay in a cottage hotel. Super fun. What are your thumbs up? Oh, uh, well, both of my thumbs up are coming from, surprise, surprise, selfie Facebook community group. Because which you guys just, need to come join us I now. Know, you need to. Fun. So many things are generated there, and a lot of these thumbs up for me come through this way because people ask these questions. So both of these things were yeah. asked. We had a discussion about pajamas. Do you yes, say pajamas or pajamas? I say pajama, but I think pajama sounds better. So I'm going to work on that. Okay, good. You need to work on that for sure because know, pajama, pajama, pajamas, pajama. Put your pajamas on. Yeah, I, that's what I say. That is what I say. It's almost like kind of a nasally pajama. It is okay. It's pajama. Very ugly. I don't know what my problem is. Or you can I'm say PJ. I feel, I feel shame. You should. You should feel shamed. <laughs> when we, ha- you should probably do some breath work after we get off. Work on that. I'll help you out. So the J Crew vintage PJ set. Have you seen? Well, I know you've seen it. You've seen it on me. When we stay I have in seen you together. wear it. Yes. It's, this was something that came up in the selfie Facebook group. People were talking about PJs. What's they were. Their favorite? It was a very interesting conversation. It totally was. And these are just, it's made out of like classic men's shirting cotton. So they're like really lightweight, 
really breathable. But the best part about it is like you can just get up and, you know, go downstairs, make breakfast, be around your family, be around a roommate because they're cute. Yeah. And they like... They're modest. They're modest. They're super modest. Um, I love them. But I just found out, I'm so excited. I'm like, everyone, go buy them. J. Crew's having a 30% off code. They're excluded from the discount code. Womp, oh, the pajamas womp. aren't included. Well, they must sell really well then. I think like they, they do. Must, people must love them enough that they don't need the discount code. These are fantastic. So those of you that are looking for some new pajamas, some jammies, PJs, I would highly recommend them. So that's my number one. And my number two was a discussion we were having about beauty boxes, you know, like monthly beauty boxes. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I've probably tried them all. And we've I'm talked sure. about beauty heroes in the past. I mean, they in fact have been a sponsor of Selfie a couple of times, which I like, but those are like, those are full size products and they're luxury mm-hmm. products. Um, if you're looking for something that's more like sample size things, but are still green and clean and natural. Petivore has a box that I totally love and it's only $18 a month. And it usually has one little full size, like usually like a lipstick or an eyeliner and then like three or four other sample sizes of different products. And I found lately, I've almost liked it better. I mean, I love them both for totally different reasons, but this one's great if you're really just looking for new stuff and you are afraid of being wasteful or you might not like it, you know? Yeah. Um, this is awesome because they're all sample sizes and it's 18 well, bucks a month. That's really reasonable too. And for like a gift for the holidays um, coming up. So good. It's so good. You know, also from subs- teens. I have to say a subscription is such a good holiday gift it because- is. It makes them like it keeps coming, and they're like, "Man, that was thoughtful." And then a month later, "Man, that was thoughtful." Exactly. <laughs> you know what? We should do. We should do an episode on the best subscriptions. <gasps> we for the should. Holidays. Oh my gosh, I'm so in because Let's totally you know I love that. my subscription boxes. Speaking of subscriptions, which I do love subscriptions. I love when the things that I regularly need just magically show up at our house. We have a really cool sponsor. Um, that is a subscription service. It's called Simple Health, and it is birth control that comes to your home. They use technology to provide simple, convenient, and affordable birth control at home, um, starting with birth control prescriptions and delivery. It is the best way to get your birth control. It totally is. It's super convenient. No more doctor's offices, waiting rooms, or pharmacy lines, which I cannot stand. You can get your birth control prescribed, renewed, and delivered from wherever you are on your schedule. So they make taking care of your health, well, simple. I guess that's why it's called Simple Health. (laughs) See what they did. See what they did there? But really, like geographic proximity to a doctor or insurance status or income should not be a barrier to access birth control. And they really, hello, right? And they really help cut those barriers down for all women. They do. I mean, this is one of those things that I have really been railing about forever, that it's so ridiculous that we have to go through so many steps to get birth control. <sighs> so here's how Simple Health works. You go online, you fill out a health profile, you answer some questions to find the best birth control for you. A doctor then reviews if you're a good candidate for birth control because you do have to have a prescription. So they recommend the product, they write the prescription. Then your birth control ships to your door on a recurring schedule. There's no interruptions in getting your birth control. It comes right to your house. It's actually free with most insurance plans. And if you don't have it, it's about $20 a month on average. That is so, so good. 
And yeah. obvious, like you said, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that birth control access in the U.S. is such a big issue right now. And Simple Health is really just using technology to expand the access for all women, which I am Love such it. a fan of because I totally remember the hassle of dealing with the whole birth control pharmacy thing. And um, this service really is the answer. So it is. don't miss your chance to try this service for free. Listeners will get the $20 prescription fee waived by going to simplehealth.com slash selfie or entering the code selfie at checkout. Once again, that's simplehealth.com slash selfie or enter the code SELFIE at checkout to try this service for free. This service is not a replacement for routine evaluations by your primary care physician or gynecologist. All right. Well, next up, we have an interview with Kristen and Lisa Leonard of Lisa Leonard Designs. Lisa is a fantastic jewelry maker, and she also has a book coming out called Brave Love. She's just an all-around super smart and engaging woman, and we are so happy to have her. All right, Lisa, thank you so much for um, chatting with us on Selfie. Thanks for having me. So you, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like, you know, on the outside, you are one of those women who seems to be having it all. You know, you've got a very successful business, you've got a book coming out, you've got kids and a husband. Um, Talk to me about balance and how you find that and, and if that illusion of having it all feels real or if it, if it still feels like this unattainable thing. Well, having it all definitely feels like an illusion. Um, I mean, I have so, we are definitely blessed and I feel grateful, but I certainly don't have it all together. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been able to find balance. I feel like if if things are going well at home, like if the house is tidy and I'm cooking dinner, then things are probably a mess with my email and uh -huh. work. And if I'm on top of work, then um, like the house is going to be a disaster and I probably haven't cooked in two weeks. <laughs> but I think instead of balance, I try, I've tried to think more about um, setting boundaries and I know mm -hmm. and really trying to think about okay, is the me three days from now going to want to do this? <laughs> is she going to be like, why did you agree to that? That's so um, good. Boundaries feel like a way to have sanity instead of, because balance, I mean, balance is tricky. I think that sometimes if I accomplish it, it lasts for like 10 minutes. You know, I'm like, wow, everything's, everything's in sync. And then it falls apart again. Totally. And I sometimes think too about balances, um, Maybe balance happens instead of over hours and days and weeks. Maybe it happens over years and decades. Mm. So our lives balance more than, like, you know, as we look at the expanse of our lives, we see more balance where there's crazy times and more people times. And, but I don't know. I haven't lived long enough to tell you. <laughs> I think that's a really good reminder, though, kind of when you're in the thick of it, that balance is, you know, we're not going to have balance every day and maybe not every week. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you have balance? No, I really don't. And it's really funny because you said, you know, I'll, I'll feel like it and then something will happen. Like I literally had that happen today where yesterday I went to bed feeling kind of satisfied, like, you know, I've got everything going on, right? You know, like I, mm -hmm. you know, I had a great evening with my kids and my work is under control and my house is under control. And I went to bed just feeling like it was one of those very rare elusive moments where everything seemed in its place. And I wake up this morning and find out that my 
one of my children, won't name names, has been shoving her dirty clothes back into a drawer. And to the point where yesterday she had me buy new underwear. And I'm like, how do you not have underwear? Because I know I've bought you some. Like, I find that, I mean, we have weeks of laundry in this one gigantic drawer under her bed. Oh my gosh. And I just realized like, I didn't even notice. Like I didn't, I didn't know. What kind of mom doesn't know? Totally. Oh, I mean, full shame spiral of just like my daughter's living out of a bag. You know, how did I not notice she's been wearing dirty clothes? I haven't actually, actually did notice that. I'm just like, you know, not many of your clothes are coming through the washer. I said that to her last week. Like we got to wash your clothes. Well, kind of like whatever you're keep doing, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, I do. I do feel like it is. It's fleeting, and it's like I. I think I can look, but I think, like you said, I can look back over years and feel like that was a balanced year. But I'm sure in the in the days of it, I was just internally screaming. Yeah, I think I so relate to what you're saying about having moments where I feel like, oh my gosh, wow, we really. I've got this, like uh-huh. we're doing it, you know? <laughs> and in those moments, I feel like it's all encompassing. Like, I think I have finally figured it out <laughs> and, and now I've arrived. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, this is a mess. I have nothing to out. Like, oh my gosh, everything's falling apart. And that feels all encompassing. Yes. And I'm like, and I think sometimes when I think about balance, I'm like, what if I could balance my emotions? <laughs> <laughs> what? <So> that, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so that I'm not just going to these extremes of, you know, in the moments when it's good, I can be like, hey, it's good. You know, it might not always be good, but let's just enjoy this moment. And then when it's bad, I can be like, this isn't going to last. You know, that would be a nice balance to find. But you know what? Is I mean, isn't that really the truth about balance or self-care or anything that we're talking about? So much of it is about our mindset and so much of it is about our own expectations, so much of it is about mindset. Absolutely. Cause you're absolutely Absolutely. right. If I, if I maintained a mindset of balance is really about the long term. If I, if I held that all the time, then I wouldn't have these like highs and lows and peaks and valleys. (laughs) I would probably just be like settled. (laughs) Yeah. And that sort of that deep knowing that it's all okay. Like whether it's, together or all falling mm-hmm. apart like it's all okay and I think that's where I I wish I had a little more um grounded you know I mean there's Man, it's something right? I'm working on for yeah. sure but it's that's where I feel like gosh if I can just get grounded where it's like you know we'll figure it out whatever I'm like is it really that big of a deal that your daughter's been shoving dirty like no, you know, yes, like it's, Lisa, just, it's a huge deal, deal and I'm going to have shame about it all day. <laughs> and she's never going to be a functioning adult. And, no, you know. probably not. No, uh, it's so true. That grounding, that grounding is really, it's so key. And it's so at the heart of, of so much of this stuff. You said you're working on it. What does that look like? What is, what is working on being grounded look like for you? I mean, one thing it looks like is just making space because mm-hmm. when I'm rushing, I, I can't get back to that mental place that I find I'm, I function best in. Yeah. And I've honestly, I've been surprised in two ways. One thing I'm surprised about is how much space I need. Yes. I really thought um, I could just kind of go, go, go. And like, I can get done. And, 
as I started making space, I'm like, I need a lot of space. Yeah. And there's days even I'm like, I just, I'm going to, I got to carve out some hours here to do nothing. Totally. And on the other side of that, I, I'm shocked at how everything still gets done. Yeah. It's like, like the I'm wheels a, keep turning and you're not frantic. Still. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, gosh, I, I didn't do the dishes four times today, but the dishes did get done. Or mm-hmm. I didn't make dinner, but we all got fed, you know, and I yeah. wasn't rushing around like a crazy person. Man, isn't that the truth? It is so interesting. Like on the day, you know, when, when things just kind of naturally fall apart, when you're sick or what have you, the world keeps turning. Your children are yeah. still taken care of somehow. Yeah, yeah and I think that, that is hard. It's hard. I think we feel as women and moms, you know, we have so much pressure that everything depends on us, like our kids' well being and, you know, their education and our significant others. And, like, are they doing okay? And are they getting enough attention? And am I making healthy food? And is the house clean? And it's like, you know, it actually doesn't all depend on us. And a lot of it can either go undone or done not as well. And, and everyone's fine. Yeah. I mean, I cognitively agree with what you're saying, (laughs) (laughs) but my behaviors don't always follow, you know, like I, I can really get stuck. I mean, again, back to mindset, I can really get stuck in that. Like I have to take care of all of this or everything will fall apart, which is kind of narcissistic. (laughs) I think, you know, I think there's so much pressure like we put it on ourselves, but also just the world. And yeah. I think one of the big things for me that I've been working on is I, I felt like for so long that life was so complicated and it was my job to make everyone okay. And so the easiest way to do that is to take myself out of the equation. So whatever mm-hmm. my needs and wants are, I'm just going to remove those because it's just another dynamic that makes everything more complicated. And after a long time of doing that, just felt so empty and Mm. like desperate, quite honestly. And so one of the the self-care things that I'm doing is to really like make space, try to see like, what do I need and what do I want? And if I'm having a conversation like with my husband or kids, say what I really think instead of Mm. kind of just like, well, I'll just go with the flow and not, you know, like everybody can have, everybody else can have what they want and I'll just let it go. And it's like, I think slowly that chips away at our well-being. Yeah. And, um, really drains us. It's so true. It's so true. And yet it is, it can be so challenging, especially as a mom to pull yourself out of that kind of martyry space. At least it is for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, so we it's feel for me. needed. Like there's this kind of core, again, I, think it is I mean not narcissistic like NPD but you know just it's it's a little self-involved but we do start to feel like this this sort of hinges on me and to let that go feels like you said it feels a little empty doesn't it at first yeah I really absolutely I think there's something about motherhood that is really unique because you know we have these little beings that depend on us and we love them so much And so we just want to give, 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 Mm -hmm. but what does it look like to believe our kids are powerful and capable on their own? Even, I mean, I'm even talking about like our oldest son has a severe disability and for me to let go a little bit and say like, you know what, he's going to be fine. Like if I don't check on him, if I hear him 
at midnight in his bedroom and I don't go to front him, like he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. He's 16. So, you know, it's like, yeah, he's a little older now, but I think I have felt like if I don't make him okay, he will not be okay. Yeah. And I'm starting to see like, actually, I don't need to make him okay all the time. He really is quite capable. Hmm. I would imagine though, that that is even more difficult to sort of you know, to, to do, to do that open-handed mothering when you have a child that has, yeah, with a ch- yeah, that has special needs, special needs. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely, it plays into my stuff even more of like wanting to, to caretake and nurture and love. And then how do I put boundaries around that so that, you know, cause when you have a child who needs to be fed and diapered and all those things, it's never ending. Right. And so what does it look like? to actually carve out time and have boundaries and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's actually been kind of crazy because, well, I mean, one thing we do is we have help, which is in the last couple of years been life changing to have Mm -hmm. sitters come in and, and really take on responsibility, but also just believing like, you know what? I, it used to be like if David was playing happily, I could not nap. Like I would just feel like, oh my gosh, what if he, you know, like got caught in a, cord from the blinds or what if he touched an outlet or I mean it's just like all these crazy possibilities but other times I'm I'm like making dinner I'm not watching him so like mm-hmm. why would napping be so you know totally out of bounds and now I'm just like you know what I can't I can be a person who who rests for a half an hour who isn't watching her special needs son every second and if he got hurt I would still be a good mom yeah and actually probably a sane mom because I'm, I'm making time for me too. It's, you know, and that is so true. It's hard. It's hard to put that sort of top level thing above our mothering that like we're better mothers if we're caring for ourselves. Right. Even though we know, again, it's like, we probably know it's true, but it's hard to walk that out. Yeah, it really is. I think it takes a lot of practice and I think Mm -hmm. it feels so uncomfortable at first. Yes. Like, I'm not being a good mom. And so fighting that, like, you know what? Good moms believe their kids are capable and let them have independence. And and they, you know what? Sometimes good moms have kids that get hurt. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, you know? And like all those things, it's just... Or sometimes they wear dirty underwear for like three weeks. You know what? Sometimes they do. Having it in a drawer. (laughs) Sometimes they do. (sighs) So let's talk about the, the whole concept of creating space a bit more because I feel like there's a lot there. Do you, you know, do you have some practical daily things you do to create that space? I do. I think, um, and I don't have, I don't have space every day. I'm in a particularly busy season right now, but there's also days I have a lot of space. And Mm -hmm. so, and like, uh, last week I was down in LA recording audio for my book that's coming out. And so I just tell myself for three nights and, and between like five to bedtime, I was just like, I laid in my hotel bed. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and I could have like planned dinner with friends and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to need a lot of space and yeah. I'm just going to carve that out. Oh and my let gosh. That be. Which I'm sure you did. I've heard recording an audiobook is a bear. <laughs> It was. It's so tempting to be like, okay, well, I still have hours so I could work on this project and, and mm-hmm. I'm alone so I could do this. And I was like, you know what? 
what if I just say that's enough work for one day and then I get to you know, order room service and rest and, yes. and not apologize for that? Absolutely. You know, I, that's where one of, the, one of the areas where I really struggle is that idea of that's enough work for the day. Mm-hmm. I really have a hard time with that because I think when, when you're balancing a bunch of things, especially work and, you know, particularly if you are your own boss, which is kind of a nightmare. Right. <laughs> and kids, it yep. does feel like, okay, well, everyone's down, but let me move something forward. I got to keep moving forward. Like got to keep things right. going. It's hard to just at the end of the day, when you're your own boss to go like, you're done for the day, take the evening right. off. I think one of the things that's really started to help me is realizing I can actually be more productive if I'm rested and yeah. if I have space. Like yes. when I have space to think, when I have quiet time, alone time, it's crazy because I start having these like light bulb moments of like like uh, maybe a new product that, you know, a new jewelry product or um, even just, I don't know, silly things. It's not, some of it's not rocket science, but it's like, I think you know, we, we get much, much less productive as we keep pushing, pushing, pushing. It's so true. And if we make space and believing, like, you know what, I, if I take care of me and rest and make space, I can actually be just as productive, if not more productive. Like it's like, it's crazy, but it's It's true. So it's so true. And yet so hard to believe, like so hard Mm -hmm. to trust in that. Yeah. And I've been struggling in that area too with multitasking because it's like, you know, that you're more productive if you don't do a whole bunch of things at once. Right. And yet I think to myself, well, I should, I should, I should catch up on Voxer while I'm doing, taking this walk, or I should work while I'm on this plane. When it's like, maybe if you just didn't do multiple things at once, you, you would be more productive. Right. I know it's hard. It is hard. I, I hear you. And it's also, there's like, I have a bit of an obsessive, like, just filling the moments. I think, yeah, I think it can be hard to, um, like, sit quietly. I actually think one of the bravest things we can do is to sit quietly because when we're alone with our thoughts and feelings, like things start coming up, you know, it's like thoughts and feelings. Who wants those? (laughs) I know. Uh (laughs) Isn't that what we have TV for, Lisa? (laughs) Totally. That's what Instagram's for. So we don't have to have thoughts and feelings. (laughs) It's so true though. It's so true. I mean, I think that this, this, we were talking about this at mom too. And I think this is the moment when I was like, Oh, we need to have Lisa on our show because (laughs) you were talking about this very thing and like how you have struggled with, you know, that need to scroll when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're sitting somewhere, which I completely, completely relate to. Yep. It's, it's like so second nature Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, I feel this kind of like, I have a moment that I feel like I want to, I want to fill it. I'm not looking for anything except to somehow fill the space Yeah. so that I don't have to, I don't know, be bored or think or wonder what to do. I don't know. It's weird. Yes. I, I completely relate to that. I, yeah, we do. We want to fill the space. And I, I do think some of it is we are, we really struggle to sit with our own kind of existential angst. Mm-hmm. Yes. If there's, I think there's real, um, pain and discomfort sometimes in just feeling your feelings. Like oh, it's scary. Totally. totally. Yeah. And we've, you know, it's like 
we numb out, at least I'll speak for myself. I numb out with Instagram and then I justify like, well, I'm not drinking. Right. And this is work. Like I have to do this. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. I had to scroll mindlessly through Instagram for an hour upon waking on Saturday because it's my job. You know what? I just really want to connect with people in an authentic way. And so (laughs) I'm going to take five minutes every 20 minutes to do that. Uh (laughs) So I'm going to do that at stoplights. (laughs) Exactly. Ugh, it's so hard. But I I think that that's such a kind of universal thing right now. um, Yeah. That we all, I mean, I think most of us have a low-key addiction to scrolling our screens. Totally, absolutely. One thing I started doing with Instagram is I move the app button on my phone so that it's not where I'm expecting it to be. (sighs) Because I feel like I open up my phone and go to Instagram without even like realizing I'm doing it. I could do it with my eyes closed. Totally. Yeah. But if I move the button, I open up my phone and it's not there. And I think, (sighs) wait, do I, I've tried to take a moment. Do I want to go on Instagram right now? Totally. And then I'm like, I could just put my phone back in my pocket and not go on Instagram. And it's like, it's really that it is that like looking at your addiction and like, okay, like, you know, making those hard choices and. Oh, it's, it's good. But yeah, it's like, it's, and it's crazy how many times a day I'll be like, okay, Dan, am I going to go on Instagram? Like, am I going to find the button or is I'm, am I going to let it go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you put any of those monitoring apps on your phone? Kristen, <laughs> I have. <laughs> I mean, I have too. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I know. It's so bad. I know. I it's know. so bad. I could probably... Uh, like solve world peace or something. If I stopped spending so much time on my phone, it's crazy town. I'm like, what? What could I do with these hours? Like hours. Oh, I know. And then I complain about like I have no time except for Instagram. I have totally. hours for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It is. And but it's it's like so like insidious because it's like five minutes here, two minutes there, and then you look at it over a period of a day. Yeah. And yeah. what if we did just make space? What if that was space? I don't know. Could be life-changing. Yeah, I know. I agree. I I mean, I do feel like I have been trying. And I feel like acknowledging the need for space, I think, is a good first step. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I have been running into, and I'm sure you, you too, is like, I don't want my kids to be like this, you know? Yes. And totally. I don't, so I don't want to model it for them. I know. Yes, ac- absolutely. Yeah. And then my kids and will I say, well, mom, you're always on your phone. And I'll be like, well, it's my job when I, I'm not doing right. my job. <laughs> right. Totally. I know. I, I hear you. I mean, I don't want my kids using their phones when they're in the cars. I don't want them addicted right. to, you know, social media. And it's like, I absolutely struggle with those things. I know. It's so hard. It's funny. I put, I, I put my kids Instagram, they don't have Instagram on their phones. Um, they have to use Instagram on an iPad that sits in the living room. Um, nice. because, well, I don't want the mindless scroll. And I also just, I, I know that kids can like, you can see anything on Instagram, you know, a lot of it's inappropriate. Yeah, you really can. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, that's Absolutely. one of those apps where I'm like, you know, I'd like this happening in an open space in the living room. Um, but you know, I have wondered like, well, maybe I should put my own Instagram on an iPad instead of on my own phone. 
Ooh, yeah. That's I've wondered little... that. No, have I? <laughs> too insti- far, Christian. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> have I instituted that? No, but I've wondered. All right. That. <laughs> yeah. No, that is a really fascinating idea. I might I have know. to think about that. We'll see. We'll see how far I get. That Any other like practices a... that you have just for mm. creating that space? Any disciplines? Hmm. Um, let's see. I think this is kind of goes along with making space, but just really trying to listen to my body and my heart. Mm. Like when I, you know, when it's, when it's like four o'clock and I'm like, okay, self, do you have enough bandwidth to make dinner? Uh-huh. Are you going to flip out at six fifteen when you're making dinner because you really didn't have the bandwidth for it? Mm-hmm. Is it a pizza night? Like really trying to like uh-huh. assess uh-huh. before I'm like, and you know, it's, it's not always perfect. I mean, it's for sure not always perfect, but I think I'm getting better at like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm better order pizza tonight mm-hmm. or, you know what? No, I think I've, I've got it. Like I can do this. And, um, and that's part of too, like with, okay, I think it, have I done enough work for the day? You know, mm-hmm. like, I think I might be starting to hit that threshold of, I feel like I'm getting grumpy and snippy and I think I might be pushing it, you know? So, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to stop. And now it's time for downtime and, and trying to stop working like by dinner. I think if it hasn't been done, maybe it's just not going to get done today and and that's okay. Yeah. That's getting to that. That's okay. That's hard. (laughs) Yeah. That's hard. Um, I think one thing that's surprising to me is how often it really, really is okay though. Like even if I'm, if I miss a deadline or Mm -hmm. miss out on an opportunity, you know, like I did get the email in time and I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. it it really, in the bigger scheme of things, isn't going to make a difference. We are. And maybe better for it, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I love that kind of practice of mindfulness of like, where am I at today? Well, you know, or even where am I at? Where am I going to be at in a week? And if you don't have mm-hmm. that space, you cannot have that mindfulness. Absolutely. Yes. When we don't like, care about the space, we're just, we're, we're zombies of expectation. We're just walking around in a fog of like, get this done, get that done. Totally. And looking at my calendar, like, you know what? I overbooked this week, so uh-huh. I need to cancel that coffee or I'm uh-huh. not going to be able to go to that meeting. And, and, you know, believing those people are going to be okay. Like they may be disappointed, but mm-hmm. you know what? They'll get through it. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's okay. Do you struggle with, um, that fear of disappointing others or is, or is that one okay? For I'm you? getting so much better at it, but yeah. yes, it tr- like, it has been a massive struggle for me. Like I, I did not feel like for the longest time I was even allowed to disappoint someone like that was unacceptable totally and now I really feel like you know what if someone's disappointed like that feeling is real and they are allowed to feel it and it was really it wasn't mine to fix in the first place maybe I don't know like letting letting people have like yeah you know yeah it's disappointing and I mean if their whole world falls apart because I wasn't able to do something the problem was bigger than me in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, where that has been a challenge for me is this idea of like, 
but my own needs can actually come before someone's disappointment. Like I, sure. I don't have to like martyr myself for other people. I think it really starts to shift to like, uh, you know, how you're spending your time, who you're spending your time with. Like, yeah, because friends who can hold space for you and who can say yeah. like, I totally get it. When, when I cancel coffee for the third time in three weeks at the last minute and they're like, Lisa, I love you. I totally get it. Do mm-hmm. what you need to do for you. Like that is so life-giving. It is. It really, it really is. And I mean, that's a whole other tangent we could go down. But when you kind, when you are able to let go of the friends that are shaming, that's mm-hmm. pretty huge too <laughs> in yeah. mental health, you know? Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I, I, well, I mean, I'll say for me, I grew up in a home where disappointment, like disappointing others kind of wasn't okay. Like we were kind of socialized like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that those are the people I brought into my life. So, totally. so they reinforced my fear of disappointing others. Yeah, it's really, it absolutely, we, we uh, attract the people that you know, where we're, we have mutual needs. Yes. So I have a need to take care of people. Yes. Other people have a need to be taken care of. And so uh-huh. we're a perfect match. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you done your Enneagram? Are you guys Enneagram people? I have not done it, but I feel like I, I've probably been asked four times this week what my Enneagram number is. <laughs> so I really think I need to do it. You do. I'm super curious. Okay, to, I'll do it. Once you do it, you'll have to let me know. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm curious sure. to find out what you are because you're a really high capacity person, obviously, mm-hmm. which makes yep. me wonder if you're a three, but you also seem, um, you seem more peaceful than a three. <laughs> maybe you're <laughs> That's just funny. a really evolved maybe, three, which is totally possible. Maybe. I mean, you've done a lot of work yeah. on yourself, so. I've done a lot of work. I've yeah. done a lot of work and it's been painful and uncomfortable and. I feel like I'm really starting to reap the benefits of that piece you're talking about. That's amazing. Am I remembering correctly that you guys did on-site? And if I am remembering that correctly, are you open to talking about it? I'm totally open to talking about it. My husband, Steve, did on-site. And then I went to the Meadows. I've been twice, which is a similar like, oh, week-long yes. okay. intensive. I have friends who've done that one also, and I've heard amazing things. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I... I mean, it's, it's pricey and it's indulgent to take a week, you know, to go work on yourself. Yeah. But I think it's the best investment. I, I mean, seriously, I can't wait to go back a third time. That's awesome. And you got, you just get in there and you work on childhood stuff and current stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The first, the first one that I did was called survivors one. And it's really focuses on ages zero to 18 and like whatever trauma you experienced, like in your family, in your childhood, you know, whatever comes up. And it's like, it felt like jumping into a black hole and really just letting it be, um, crazy painful, Mm -hmm. like just going where you don't want to go. And then they, they kind of help put you back together. And, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things they do is feeling reduction work. So like, some of those shame triggers and things that just bring up like intense fear, intense shame, help you work through those so that when you're leaving, wow. you're actually feeling a little, you're, those feelings aren't as overwhelming, which was massive for That's me. Huge. Massive. Huge. And then the second time I went, it was, it was kind of like, what do you want to work on? Like, where mm. are you at in your life? Let's pick, pick a project. And so, yeah. um, 
for me, I felt like I, I couldn't, this is, I don't, that this might sound woo woo, but for me, like I couldn't find my light. Like I felt like I was in a fog. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want. I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I feel like the headlights are I'm just like in this haze. Right. And so, in that fog, right. you're in a fog, you're dream walking through life. Yeah. I was just, I, I felt like I could see what everyone else needed and wanted, but as far mm-hmm. as me, like there was like not a person, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I can't feel it. I can't see it. And so we really focused through like, um, psychodrama and oh, I, I mean, it. all kinds of things. Oh, it was so good. Um, finding my light. And it was, it was fascinating. I mean, I'd love to tell you more about it, but there was, she had me playing different roles and I would play, like I would play the fog and I would play my light and act out these different characters. And when I was playing the light, um, she's like, she's like, where's like, tell us about the fog, like asking the light, Hey light, tell us about the fog. And Mm -hmm. as the light, I said, you know what? I I don't see any fog at all. All I see is light. And it was just so crazy. And she said, um, (laughs) it was so cool. It was so other, you know? Yeah. And then she said, what does, what does Lisa, you know, asking the light, what does Lisa need to do to see the light? And she said, Lisa doesn't need to do anything. She just needs to be herself. There's nothing she needs to do, nothing she needs to get better at, just wow. being. She already has everything she needs. Like, it's there. And you're, and it was, you're saying this to yourself. Yes. Like, I'm I mean, that's I'm an, that is amazing. <laughs> it was the trippiest, like, coolest experience and and saying things that they're coming from me so it's parts of me but I didn't know it you couldn't get there you couldn't I couldn't get there and it was like just so um to continue the you know like illustration it was just so illuminating I felt like I felt like I could see it was really really an incredible experience that's amazing. I've, I've like, my, my hairs are standing up in the back of my neck since you started talking about this, which probably means I should go do it. <laughs> oh, you would love it. And well, we'll, I'm going to link because... up to this for our listeners, um, to the Meadows um, Survivors One program, because I also have friends who've done it and have just come away like life changed. It's a really, it's really incredible program. It's a, it's a week long, five days. Yeah, it's five days. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And they say... It's about the equivalent of a year of therapy. because Which you, I totally believe. I totally believe it too. It's so, like, instead of going in for an hour a week, you have this, like, connectivity and you're with, mm-hmm. with other people and mm-hmm. you're deep diving. And it's just, I mean, you, it's life-changing. It's really hard to quantify the amount of growth that can happen in one week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I was an, I was a private practice therapist for 15 years. I mean, I, I would say even maybe more than one year of therapy because you mm-hmm. can only get so far, you know, in, in a therapist's office every, every week. And the amazing thing about these kind of experiential weeks is that you are around other people. So it's not just you reporting what you're like to a therapist, like you can't hide. Right. It's all right. Yes. It's all coming out. It's all in vivo, you know, yes. living in it. Yeah. It's incredible to, to get to witness other people's transformations and yeah. how that yeah. changes our hearts too. I mean, it is, oh, yeah. it's a really unique, um, experience. I would absolutely recommend it for anyone, whether yeah. you think you have trauma or not, if you want to grow as a person, 
there's way there's always things that um we can take a look at and get more objectivity around and get clarity yeah. and and I mean I think most human beings have trauma I mean maybe not you know maybe not trauma with a capital T but I think we all have some lowercase traumas and microaggressions from being human and sure. being alive and growing up with imperfect people raising us because that's the human experience yeah it's so fascinating because um when I the kind of have you do a timeline of like traumatic experiences for mm-hmm. survivors one and when I I would I can encounter something and I was like, I don't want to write that down because that wasn't a big deal. And I was yeah. like, you know what? If it came to mind and I don't want to write it down, I probably uh-huh. should write it down. Right. And some of those things that I thought, ah, that wasn't really traumatic. That wasn't really a big deal. Those were some of the really pivotal moments where, you know, something happened where I like thought I was bad and it really mm-hmm. like, like incorporated that into the way that I saw myself. And so- totally it's crazy how we can think like, oh yeah, it wasn't really that big of a deal, you know? And it's like, actually that was traumatic and it, it is yeah. still affecting me as an adult, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I love that term tra- trauma triggers. And I think we all have them because at the end of the day, trauma is subjective. And, you know, when you're growing up, like I grew up, you know, I, I didn't have big traumas, you know, my parents were married and I wasn't abused, but I mean, I really have a lot of trauma triggers that are around shame and other aspects of my upbringing where on paper, maybe it doesn't look like a big deal, but it's really a big deal. Totally. For me, it's a big deal. Absolutely. And I think that to be able to look at those things and not minimize them and really look at what did this do to my heart? You know, like how did this, how did this hurt my soul? Like, and, and to see the capacity we have for healing is tremendous. I love that. I love it. All right. All right. Fine. I'm going to do it, Lisa. Fine. Do it. I'll sign up and tell me how it goes. You're going to love it. (laughs) I would really love to. I'm I, that is definitely a bucket list item. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your book. So it's coming out. What's your launch day? January 29th. Okay. And tell me, I haven't been able to read it yet, which I can't wait. Tell us about what's it about? What's, you know, it's about, um, the birth of our boys Uh and our oldest son has a disability. So kind of deep diving into that experience, Mm -hmm. he was born with two fingers on his left hand and, uh, pretty involved syndrome. Mm -hmm. And then our second son was born healthy and just a lot of feelings around that. I expected relief and ended up feeling a lot of shame Mm. and worry, you know, would I love our second son more. And then, um, the birth of our business, Mm -hmm. my husband and I have uh, businesses together. And then the rebirth of our marriage, because we went through a marriage crisis a couple of years ago and, um, just really talk about how it fell apart and how messy and dark it was. And then picking up the pieces and building something new. Mm. I can't it's, wait to uh, read that. <laughs> thank you. I need to get you a copy. I should have done that an advanced copy for you so that you could have read it. We can still do that. Um, it's really b- reading the audio in LA last week was such a vulnerable experience to actually be reading oh all my these gosh. I can't even stories imagine. out loud. There were two women that were doing the recording and, um, I, I thought I had this moment where I thought these women are going to know everything about me. <laughs> and then I, the next moment was like, oh my gosh, the whole world is going to know. It's in a book. <laughs> yeah. I just put that onto the world. <laughs> 
But, you know, I think like if we can really be honest about our journey, yeah. it's where we find that deep connection with others. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so people can pre-order. Is that right? It's, it's up. It's available yep. on Amazon and other places for pre-order. That's right. It's called Brave Love. It's available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Our website is lisaleonard.com, so mm-hmm. you can um, get details there as well and find links. But, but yeah, we're, I'm super excited and terrified, so go pre-order it. <laughs> totally. Go pre-order and read all my innermost vulnerable thoughts. Exactly. You'll know everything about me. <sighs> And we didn't even get to talk about your business much, but, you know, for our listeners who are not familiar with Lisa Leonard, she makes incredible jewelry. I mean, just, I have been a fan of yours for a decade. I mean, I feel like I got my first piece of yours, seriously, like back in the Blistem days. Remember that? Crazy. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's really cool. Do you have a Brave Love necklace? Am I remembering that right? I do. I don't know. I do okay, have one yeah. and I don't remember who gave it to me, but I do have one. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's like a vintage, like from the original collection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we will link up also on selfiepodcast.com. We will link up to Lisa's book. We will link up to her jewelry. Um, it is with the holidays coming up. Her jewelry is a really great gift and you still have custom pieces, right? Where people can. Yes, we do a ton of custom. Yeah. That's what I thought. Such a good gift. I have a set of rings with all my kids' names on them that I really love. Aw, thank you. That's so cool. Lisa, thank you so much for chatting with us, and thanks for being so open. I really, really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfiepodcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.